everyone. Welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I'm Alan, and as always, I'm joined by my friend Ski. Hello. And Brent. Hello. And today we are going to be discussing episode eight, The Break-In. Just a quick recap of the format here. We're going to start off with a long recap of the episode, uh, then roll into our uh, favorite lines, as well as our MVP, and then finally our rating for this episode as we march our way towards determining the greatest episode in the entire series. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Ski for the recap. First of all, I like that you said a short recap and then recanted immediately and said long recap. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I want to have truth in advertising. Uh, so. That's fair enough. Mm. I'd like to point out the fact that I enjoy the fact that you're still sort of like hinting around that there's, I don't know, some uncertainty as to which episode's the greatest of all time. Oh, so you feel like you've already determined which episode is the greatest of all time? Absolutely. Hmm. Well, I, I definitely have not come to that conclusion yet, even though I mm-hmm. feel like I've watched the entire series at some point mm-hmm. in time or, or yeah. you know, piece by piece over time. Yeah. I don't feel like I've uh, seen enough, nor do I think that the inclusion of Coco is enough <laughs> to, <laughs> to crown the first episode as the greatest episode. That's where we differ. <laughs> we're just spinning our wheels until we're through, and I'd be like, hi, watermark, Coco. <laughs> well, to his argument... I already uh, skewed the numbers in his favor. Well, yeah, I think what you you gave that first episode like a, a, a seven and a half. You had to be talked down to a seven and a half out of eight. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> My understanding of the scale at that point was exactly. was not so good at that. Yeah, exactly. Now it's just a numbers game. If I get the feeling either of you like the episode, I have to shit on it so much that you're too scared to go higher than seven and a quarter. Right, just so that you know that the overall average, you're like, well, I don't think this is the best episode, but he might think that, so now I'm going to have to give it a one. Exactly. Exactly. Like, wow, Brent, you really, you really didn't like that one. Actually, I really enjoyed it, but I knew you would rate it too high, yeah. so... <laughs> All right, anyway. <laughs> Mr. Coco's a zero-sum game. <laughs> zero. <laughs> um, the Break-In. Directed by Paul Bogart. Produced by Kathy Spear and Terry Grossman. Co-produced by Marsha Posner-Williams. And created and written by Susan Harris. Uh, we kind of open with the girls walking into uh, the house. And uh, they're discussing the concert they had just gone to, which was Madonna. Mm-hmm. Rose points out that she thought the name didn't quite match with the uh, the uh, show itself. I think Sophie even says "slut" would have been a better name. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Which, you know, at the time, Madonna would have been the biggest, at least female pop star in the world at that point. Um, you know, maybe right up there with Michael Jackson as far as biggest pop star just gen- in general. Very possible. It seems like uh, they would definitely knew what they were getting into when they were going <laughs> to this concert. I don't think there'd be any surprise as to what the you know, what the content would be, uh, that it might be a bit on the risque side, um, especially for someone in their 80s, although <laughs> Sophia seems to be the second most, um, mm-hmm. you know, liberated of the four, if anything. Just as a side note, I think I'd take Bruce Springsteen over Michael Jackson or Madonna. As far I mean, as you may take them, but they weren't more popular. There's no way Bruce Springsteen was more popular during that time than either of those two. Oh, definitely more popular than Madonna. Well, I did. I did say female, and I said I thought she'd be up there with Michael Jackson for most yeah. most popular. But I don't know. I, I'd have to look and see where they come down as far as their number of uh, you know record sales and and things right. of that nature. Because this, I think when I checked, this was like May twelfth of nineteen eighty five, is when Madonna performed in Miami. Okay. Um, which you know, right then, you know, like Bruce is born in the USA, and I had like six top ten hits or something. So I think he was, but so maybe fine. maybe right at that time. But I'd have to say that if you're taking the '80s as a whole, especially going maybe I, as a whole, I would say Bruce Springsteen was starting to. Wayne is not exactly the right word because yeah. I mean he's maintained a certain level of popularity all the way until yeah. now, but probably was coming off of his peak. Whereas yeah. Madonna was entering her peak. I don't know yeah. when like Like a Virgin came out. And, I think it was like a few years after. Okay, this. so so then so. she was probably on the ascent at yeah. that point. Okay, fair enough. Speaking of ascent. Um, and this is something that I knew before I looked it up. Well, that's, that's actually why I looked it up, just to confirm this. Do you know who the opening act was for this tour? No, Madonna? I have no idea. Well, okay, so you said Ascent. Is that a clue? 
Uh, yeah, another up and coming. Oh, okay. Uh, Gloria know, Stefan. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking Miami. <laughs> so. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Donna Honestly. brings the Miami Sound Machine with her to Miami. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the previous stop they were with Philadelphia. So. Yeah. No, um, you know, the Beastie Boys were the opening act. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. wow. Um, it was their first uh, nationwide tour and everything. Hmm. Um, Madonna's fans did not like the Beastie Boys. <laughs> I don't was going to say, like good it seemed mix. like a very odd combo, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, Beastie Boys are, you know, a, a, an amazing group, uh-huh. but I definitely would not put those two as a mashup. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I get the impression that they didn't much care for her audience either. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. You have someone who, regardless of if she was bigger than Bruce Springsteen, still a pretty big star, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, I'll, yeah. Invites you to come on her tour, yeah, or however that worked out at the time yeah. her record label, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But um, you, you go with it, whether or not yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. going to be your typical fan base or not. Exactly. Um, you know, in the BC Boys, they were just a little. You know, it was just disconcerting for them to be playing for a bunch of twelve year old girls who were, you know, in fishnets and stuff like that. So. Well, I mean, obviously the average age, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> was a little more. Uh, you know, bigger than just the twelve-year-old set. <laughs> you know, it got you know at least skewed a little bit if you had your uh, golden ladies uh, yeah. as well in the audience. Yeah, I guess now Madonna's now older than the Golden Girls were at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. That's true. Um, all right, so so we've almost made it into the front door <laughs> at this point. Yeah, they're talking about the concert. They open the front door and they all kind of gasp and they notice that you know the apartment is uh or house I guess is in dishevelment. And uh, they've been robbed, probably. They kind of slowly walk into the uh, into the door, and uh, they're all kind of huddled together, hugging each other. Um, Dorothy notices that uh, the sliding glass door is ajar, and she's like, "That's how they got in, probably." Um, then she, what was um, no, like when they're walking in, you know, huddled together. It was another opening credits scene, a scene from the opening credits. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yes. when they're yeah, 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 all. Uh, Linked together, yeah, grasping on to one another, right, <laughs> for dear life. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that was actually one of the few opening credit scenes that isn't from the actual first episode. Yeah, yeah. So the um, uh, we'll get to it in a moment, I guess. But um, the scene where uh, you know Blanche pulls her sleeve up and sort of punches that's in the opening credits or whatever. Mm. It's a deleted scene from this episode. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I guess she was doing a demonstration on self-defense and donkey punches or something. I don't know. <laughs> donkey punches. <laughs> uh, anyway, so at one point, uh, Dorothy even kind of does a dirty Harry where she asks if she's got a gun and says, you feel lucky, punk? <laughs> yeah, I would feel like, you know, you start off and you would maybe be scaring somebody, potentially, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But then once you have clearly gone into the monologue <laughs> from uh, you know, one of the most famous movie monologues of all time, yeah, yeah. I think you definitely lose something. Probably even more yeah. common at that, <laughs> that time frame. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I mean, that that's one of the most enduring, um, mm-hmm. you know, the do you feel lucky, well, do you punk, that, uh, yeah. you know, lines from a movie of really all time. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, I thought it was great that um, obviously she's seen um, – Sudden impact. I think that's the Dirty Harry movie that that's from, or whatever. And you know, Sophia went and saw Rambo last <laughs> yeah. time around. They are some ladies that like a good action movie, aren't exactly. They? Now they're all going to see Madonna, mm-hmm. so they enjoy all the meats and the cultural stew. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be interested if uh, we ever get to them going to you know more. I don't know uh, events that skew older, like big band or anything of that nature, uh, or if we're, they're always going to be at the cutting edge of pop culture. Uh, that Nirvana, they seem very. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think they quite make it into the grunge era, but um, but they're right on the border of it uh, by the end of the series. So, but uh, at that point, uh, Sophia says she's going to go check her room, and uh, I think it was Rose. So no, don't go. It could be dangerous. She's like dangerous. I'm eighty. Even the t- bathtub is dangerous. Yeah. And then so everybody kind of disperses from the living room except for Rose, who kind of starts imagining the horrors that could have happened if they'd been there, and if they could have you know come into our rooms at night and slit our throats or something. And she's kind of slinking back towards the uh, kitchen, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And just as that point, Dorothy comes out and you know touches on her shoulder, and Rose freaks out. Uh, and then she says they stole her stole. Mm-hmm. They stole her mink stole, which was apparently the only thing Stan ever gave her that 
did not require an extension cord. Now, I've never been a, uh, a robber myself. <laughs> um, it seems like they really, they toss the house the way you'd expect police officers to toss a house that are looking for evidence. Because, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't imagine they're like, oh, there's got to be some uh, change in these seat cushions. <laughs> exactly. You know, it, it seems, uh, seems like they really went to town as far as looking for things um, yeah. in places that... I don't think you would ever expect to find valuables at. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I mean, really, like they're almost there to vandalize the house as much as they were to burgle it. <laughs> to, so, not to ruin the, the episode for our dear listeners, but if, as we get more into the episode, we realize how little they took. Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, uh, they didn't get away with a ton. Um, no. At least it doesn't seem. You think it was David's friends? Could be, yeah. They, they were probably just coming over for some sandwiches. Um, exactly. And then when there wasn't there, they went ahead and tore the place apart. Seems, exactly. seems pretty uh, reasonable. Yeah, popped them through the back exactly. door. and you know. I'd like to think one of them's like, hey, let's go rob those old ladies. <laughs> right. And they're like, no, what if they're home? And they're like, no, they're at the Madonna concert, you fool. <laughs> Where all the old ladies are tonight. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just a crime uptick. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, so so yeah, so Dorothy scares the shit out of Rose, um, and then Blanche enters, and uh, she's covered with a white substance on her face and stuff, and saying they stole her jewels, and some some comment was made about uh, well at least they didn't steal your cocaine, right? And then Rose like, Blanche has cocaine. <laughs> yeah, that that scene in general is one I really enjoyed. Um, you know, I like that particular interaction. Uh, now I did think though that it seemed like Blanche went a little bit crazy and I don't know if she was searching for it with her face and <laughs> like it, it seems like if you were searching through a thing of flower to try to find your jewels that it wouldn't be that uh, intense of a process you would just put your hand in and feel around yes. and your hands would obviously have it on and maybe you get some on your shirt or whatnot but she really uh, she really uh, went heck, to town looking for that dump the powder out right something else yeah, that would have probably been the much more... Well, powder's expensive. It costs like a dollar for an entire pouch of it. So. That's true. And then if her jewels were in there, they could have been damaged as well. That's she dumped. true, yeah. <laughs> so do you think like, she just, like runs her jewels to the dishwasher before she wears them out? I, I don't know, because I feel like getting... Uh, cocaine. Yeah, getting cocaine <laughs> out of your jewels um, would, be, uh, would be really difficult. I mean, because that stuff... Especially because you can't even really get moisture on it, because yeah. then it's going to turn into a paste. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would think getting flour out of that would be... Uh -huh. uh, that'd be now perhaps maybe it's that she put them in or at least Zip assume lock. she put them in a bag yeah and then that'd be the only way that would make sense yeah so because otherwise you know you'd get a, a cup of flour out and just end up with an earring or whatnot <laughs> yeah. and with your uh, baked goods so. <laughs> <laughs> this muffin's not <laughs> <laughs> right I'd like to commend Ski on his uh, restraint from saying Blanche came in with white stuff all over her face yeah <laughs> oh yeah, yeah that's yeah, Thank well, you now you've opened the door like for him. Yeah, you've definitely <laughs> you gave lowered too much the brow credits, yeah. on a, the brow. Just lowered an entire inch on this podcast. <laughs> 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 All right, so so yeah, so Blanche comes in, powder on her face. Yeah, and then uh, obviously the the drug reference, and uh, she's talking about how they stole her jewels. And Dorothy says, "Well, why would you put them in the flower? That's the first place they look nowadays. The you know thieves come in, they know where people hide stuff." There in the, the freezer, of course, is another place to look. And she's like, well, no, no, that's my second you know, hiding place. Blanche says that uh, they were her mother's jewels and that they're basically irreplaceable. Rose adds that they were probably looking for drugs. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the way they tossed the house, again, they did look like cops looking for drugs. They didn't necessarily look like criminals looking for drugs. Yeah. But unless they were criminals that knew there were drugs there. Right, yeah. Then, you know, like something from Breaking Bad where they're tearing the house <laughs> apart looking for uh, the meth. But, um and as far as drugs go, Dorothy says that they've got Maalox and estrogen, mm -hmm. you know, and if, unless they've got, like, heartburn <laughs> and they uh, have hot flashes. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, not to spoil it, but I think that was uh, probably my favorite line of, of the episode. Um, I can't remember the, let's see, uh, how many junkies have gas and hot flashes. Uh, <laughs> so I, I think that, that, that ended up coming in as my favorite line of the episode. Yeah. I was under the impression, though, that, like, the hot flashes only lasted during the menopause, not afterwards. Yeah, well, I don't know if, uh, I don't know how long the menopause process is. I thought it was, like, you know, six months tops. Mm. Well, I mean, there's four, well, you would assume Sophia would be past that. I would. <laughs> and the other three could be, you know, 
at varying stages. I mean, some may not have entered yet. Some may, yeah. you know, be in the middle of it. So, yeah. so is Dorothy 52? Is she the youngest? Uh, yeah, I think so. So yeah, possibly, I guess maybe. Yeah. Um, but well, so well, and it seems odd. Like, would they have one group supply? Do they have a pharmacist <laughs> who just gave them enough so that they just, could just take the estrogen? <laughs> just here, just take exactly. a bunch of it. Or maybe Mr. Coco left the estrogen behind. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. From his transitioning. Mrs. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> he changed his name to Gloria Stefan. <laughs> right. <laughs> and started touring with Madonna. <laughs> exactly. Sophia even comes in there and says that all of her clothes have been stolen. Mm. And uh, clearly a lie. Right. <laughs> and she even makes the mention that I need new clothes. <laughs> Yeah, you'd have to think if that's what a criminal stole, that they are definitely not your typical uh, band of thieves. They'd have to be <laughs> definitely a pervy group that that was what they were into, or he or... You well, know. he did steal yeah. the stole. Right, yeah. Well, so. I mean, in actuality, but had they... You know, if you're the police and you are getting that report that they've stolen a bunch of, you know, an older <laughs> woman's clothing, <laughs> including girls and whatnot. Well, uh, and then of course, assuming the other girls had not had their clothes stolen, <laughs> right? That it's, it's only just... the only the eldest of the group. So. Well, I assume it was a size thing. Oh yeah, it could be. <laughs> he was just a petite thief. So you think? What do you think it was a petite thief or a thief with a petite mom or grandmother that they're like, oh, you know what? She needs some new clothes, and I don't want to give her the cut of my, you know. Short hipsters, Alan. <laughs> Short hipsters? Yes. The, the, the clothes were back in style. For them. Were there hipsters in the 80s? I don't they think. were ahead of their time. Mm-hmm. That's, they were like, you know, in like 30 years, these old clothes, which are old now but will be even older then, will be more back in style. I mean, do hipsters today wear the same thing that old people do today? Yeah. Or do hipsters today wear what old people so. used to wear? I think old people used to wear. That's what I would think, too. Yeah. So... It's like thrift store type stuff. Right. You know, after, you know, Sophia died, her clothes went to the Macklemore style. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> well, old Macklemore, you know, thrift shop. Oh, okay. It's a song. We'll discuss and, it later. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I would think as far that. As I'm um, music died with Algernon Kenwaller. <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps never lived at all. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, well, I would think that nowadays old people really don't dress any differently than mm-hmm. people in their uh no. i mean you have to get to people who are, are pretty old where you start seeing people who are still holding on to mm-hmm. you know dressing in slacks and yeah. button-up shirts and whatnot on a yeah. typical day so i would think people even in their probably 60s um mm-hmm. typically dress the same as anybody in their you know 40s or yeah, 30s i so. would say that's right um yeah i do think it was definitely a. it was just a point in time where somebody would hit a certain age and like I'm done buying new kinds of clothes, Mm -hmm. you know, and they would just ride out that style until they died. But now I think people, you know, upcycle. Well, and I also think there used to be a time where there's just a little more formality. You know, people did used to wear, you know, button up shirts and slacks and dress type shoes and, you know, Argyle socks and whatnot, even when they were on their leisure time. And uh, that older generation, I think just carried that into their, you know, older years. Um, I do think this may be the first episode we've recorded in which I've not had a collar. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, I was wondering why you look like such a ruffian. (laughs) 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 Maybe why you're so, you know, loose and airy for this episode because (laughs) you're not held back by the man anymore. Exactly. Well, Alan, you got a collar on, so. Oh, yeah, that's true. So I must be taking the the, You're the working professional among us. (laughs) Yeah. You're the one percenter. Yeah, well, I saw Brent come in, and I was like, oh, this is not going to do, so. (laughs) So anyway, so we have uh, so at this point, uh, Blanche is wondering why they didn't steal her uh, priceless Chinese vase mm. that sits right by the uh, the door, or at least just break it open to see if there was something inside, right, or open it. <laughs> Here, you didn't have to break it. I would assume the top came off. Um, <laughs> they weren't you know delicate with anything else. I think they just topple it over. Well, yeah, yeah, probably so. They did. Yeah, they had what pictures laying on everything. Mm-hmm. I guess they must have thought they had a lot of. Uh, uh, storage like like vaults or something behind this. Right, yeah. <laughs> There's a hidden safe behind one of these. Yeah, that I'll be able to crack with my, you know, uh, amazing criminal skills. 
And so uh, Rose believes that they are probably targeted because they are without men. Mm-hmm. My, you know, opinion in this case is that you know, it's the first intelligent thing she ever said <laughs> because without men, they're just helpless, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, if, if only Coco <laughs> was still there, then they would have been safe from the hooligans that uh, broke into their house. And then Blanche even adds that it's karma that, you know, there's a certain energy in people who get robbed or something or mm-hmm. basically getting their comeuppance. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dor- Dorothy... Blanche seems like the wrong one to be victim shaming. <laughs> she seems like the wrong one for that and the wrong one to bring up karma. Because I would think, if anything, she'd be the most traditional, uh-huh. you know, Southern Baptist kind of Christian of the group. And karma, is you know, it... really is rooted in other religions. So Well, and also... <laughs> It just, you know, you know, the previous episode established that if she's asleep at the kitchen table, you just pretend to be the husband's wife <laughs> right. and she will wake up and <laughs> run out. That seems like the kind of person who has some bad hooju in her past. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Although, you know, she definitely doesn't seem to take any ownership of any, uh, you know, well, past wrongdoings and she immediately defects the, deflects the blame onto. Yeah. She on says, it's not ladies. me. It's, it's one of you guys that got us robbed. <laughs> right. <laughs> And uh, Dorothy basically, you know, dispels all that and says, no, you guys, you know, it's crazy. It just happens. People get robbed. It happens all the time. And uh, didn't it she happens. Blame it on Reagan or something? Like, didn't uh, she, she say it was like the economy? Oh, she yeah, didn't she specifically did. call out Reagan, but she did say the sky high unemployment. Yeah. Um, and a bad lock right. on, the, uh, on the back door. Also, since unemployment's a, you know, a. a pretty good low rate right now, then I guess I can leave the doors unlocked from now on because there's no criminals out and about. Exactly. Exactly. I just left my trunk open when I came down here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, well, it just saves you time. You just leave the just car door open. So that you or, don't the, have to or, or the car the running. It'll just, be nice and warm for you when you get out there. Right. It, it just reminds me that that's where the kids' Christmas presents are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so now we get to where... Yeah, it's, it's basically at that point the, uh, the scene ends kind of zooms in on uh, Rose looking very upset. You can tell this is getting to her. Now, one thing I thought was odd, you know, Dorothy mentions at one point that she's called the police and now they're all just going to bed. Are the police just like, all right, well, we're not worried about it. We'll come down tomorrow and take a statement. Yeah. Um, I mean, because their house has been trashed. You would think that yeah. a cop would at least come out, do a quick report. Yeah. Uh, I well, mean, Dor- I Dorothy does say, wake me up when the cops get here. Oh, does she? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it just seems like how long are the cops going to take that it's worth going to bed for? Um, yeah. Or well, maybe she's just going to a room. I don't remember. I don't know. I got the impression they were all going to sleep for the night, um, yeah. except for Rose, who was too, you yeah. know. Too, too panicky. Yeah. That was the impression that I got. Now, is this the second or third time the police have been called to the house? <laughs> well, called to the house, I'm not sure. They've certainly been to the house uh, multiple uh-huh. times. They were there, you know, in that first episode uh-huh. um, because of the... Yeah. The shyster yeah. husband. And yeah. there was definitely a second episode where there was a police mm-hmm. officer that Blanche was flirting with. Yeah. Now, we never did he see the... David. Right. Yeah. That's right. And this one, we didn't see the police officers, but... Uh, They're en route. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so eight episodes in, <laughs> we've had three run-ins with the law already. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, these three, they... I, you know, they, they may seem sweet and innocent, but they uh, must live, live a pretty rough life. <laughs> the law, they so. run with Madonna and well, the Beastie Boys. That's so. true. Exactly. So. Just saying, if we're going to bring back profiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they do fit into the demographic of unemployed. Right, that's true. Uh, second scene opens. Basically, they're all in the living room, and a gentleman is there, and he's basically uh, talking about you know, horrible statistics of uh, things that happen to people. You know, I think he says one in th- four or one in three. Th- no, yeah, one in four yeah. will be violently attacked. Yeah. <laughs> and then Good, he emphasizes that. <laughs> right, yeah, one in four are violently attacked. And then Rose goes into a one in three will get cancer. So, uh, you know. That's which, two of us. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Dorothy uh, says, you know, she basically was kind of pressing the, guy, the sales guy for a price. You know, well, how much is the basic package? And he says six hundred dollars, but that won't protect you very well. And she's like, "Well, what do you mean? You know, mm-hmm. well, you know, I get the premium one, so a guy, you know, a guard will show up after five minutes or whatever he says, and then well, how much is that? A little bit more. And then like, well, how much? And then he eventually tells him it's ten thousand dollars. Yeah, that was a pretty insane step from one to the other. I would have to think there'd be like a step two and three uh-huh. before you get or up to the seven. Ultimate. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think they'd be like, oh, well, this is 600 but we have this $1,500 package that includes. Yeah. We could also know. put up this fence for like 
Five thousand. Right. I mean, ten thousand dollars would be pretty steep. Plus, I would assume that anything that includes a guard that could come to your door wouldn't be a one-time ten thousand dollar fee. It'd be right. ten thousand plus some sort of a monthly maintenance fee as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, but if that's, I don't know. I guess nowadays that's probably what you're, what a security place is trying to sell you on is a monthly yeah. contract as could opposed to. Could have been different to, back then. Maybe it was a one-time fee. And yeah, it could be, and it covered. They gotta get theirs, Alan. They yeah. gotta get their money. Yeah, and then if yeah. it probably you know fine print in the contract that if they go out of business, then well you're you know shit out of luck. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I mean, in comparison, that's what five round trips to Sicily. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. So so they could just all run from a exactly. you know criminal by you yeah. know quickly hopping on a plane to Sicily, yeah. and obviously that's for like basically standby tickets that you get you know a yeah. day or two. Before I think it'd be e- cheaper to just be robbed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just have. Just some, you know, money sitting on the kitchen table, like, please take this yeah. and leave. Yeah, they've already lost their stolen their jewels. <laughs> like, right. what do they have? Yeah. We're old ladies. Don't take our crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly. And hearing the, uh, the deluxe price, right. <laughs> Dorothy spurts out, I'd rather be murdered. Blanche even mentions that she wants the people to be electrocuted upon entry. Uh, she She gets really dark on a few instances. I think we mentioned. I mentioned. I did, forgot to mention earlier, when she was leaving uh, the first scene, she says something like about uh, hanging the the thieves. Yeah, yeah. She definitely. She wants some pretty severe uh, justice for what is really overall a fairly minor crime. Um, Blanche likes them well hung. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, the diatribe she went into was even almost. Too southern, yeah. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like, we need a good old-fashioned lynching. <laughs> Hang them up from the tree. Is that yeah. what you were saying? She said something like that, yeah. It's yeah. a good point. She said they ain't going to get away with this without swinging or something. <laughs> <laughs> so are you thinking she's just like from experience from back the way her daddy used to handle <laughs> unwanted uh, folks uh, on their say. property? Hard to say. <laughs> but it didn't sound very... Uh, <laughs> very, uh, very southern. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, uh, but anyway, so the the sales guy keeps trying to pressure him, and uh, Blanche or Dorothy rather says, "Well, we're probably gonna get the uh, the cheap package from your competitor because <laughs> right. he was being so uh, so pushy and and also just trying to scare him into getting the expensive package." So then uh, they kind of show him to the door basically and slam yeah. it. What do you say? Yeah, I was just gonna say I believe it goes on more or less to the next scene after uh, after this one once they've had the uh, the new security system. And after he leaves, the girls kind of sit down and they're holding hands and thankful to the fact that they have each other. Rose says that you know when she had her husband, she was never once robbed or murdered. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which obviously is true. Sophia, you know, says that she's surprised that she wasn't murdered by her husband. <laughs> Don't they call him Charles? Yes. Yeah, yeah. She called him Charles a couple times. I don't know if it's because she's a little freaked out, so yeah. she's getting a little more formal now. Exactly. <laughs> that it's not just Charlie anymore; it's uh, Charles. Yes. He's in charge. Um, <laughs> Every day and night. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Rose loves Chachi. That's true. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, she's a, an older white lady. Probably does love Chachi at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Blanche also. Thirty years rem- later, America still loves Betty White, and we hate Chachi. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, Chachi is now a pariah, but Betty White is still golden. <laughs> That's right. So they were talking about you know, you know, safety before and such. Blanche reminisces about uh, when her husband was around, and uh, if she heard something in the middle of the night, she'd call. She'd kind of wake him up and say, "Get your gun," and then he'd go to get his gun, but she'd always hide the bullets, so he'd have to look for the bullets, and then when he found them. Then they would have sex. Mm. Um, I didn't know. Was that a fantasy thing? Like something where... I don't know. I'm thinking that's a horrible defense program, though. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, it almost seems like I've heard of... This is not something I've ever uh, had interest in, <laughs> but people who use gunplay and things of that nature in their uh, sexual life, um, you know, as some sort of a thrill uh, of one sort or another. And that's kind of the feel I got from Blanche was that she got you know hot and bothered by... Yeah. Uh, George getting the gun and the bullets out. Yeah. To... What does she not get hot and bothered by, though? Well, that's true. Um, <laughs> basically, by George waking up at all, I guess, there pretty much go. does it for him. I, I mean, like, 
I don't know. It's not my cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I guess it's popular because you always hear about like athletes getting shot at strip clubs. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't think that's for sexual purposes. <laughs> I don't think that anybody is, uh, you know, requesting <laughs> to have a gun pulled on them. <laughs> so you don't think he's part of like Plexico Burris's foreplay or something? Like no, that? I don't think so. I mean, it, it, it's entirely possible, but. Um, at the very least, I don't think it's part of the strippers' uh, foreplay. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think that there's anybody consenting to this this method of foreplay either. So, I got a gun in the back of my car. You guys want to go check it out? All right. I know what you're thinking, punk. Did I gyrate four times or five? <laughs> Do you feel lucky? Well, uh, So, anyway, they're heading to the, uh, the kitchen for a snack, and a, a, a dog starts barking loudly. I think it's interesting because they act like the door is an impenetrable, impenetrable field protecting it from the dog. But it's one of those swing doors right. that easily opens in, in mm-hmm. de- both directions. So I'm like, and they seem very scared of the dog mm-hmm. that they had bought. Right. <laughs> well, and it seems like so they bought this dog supposedly like an attack dog that then they just stuck in the kitchen. <laughs> um, you know, which I mean. And they've got that guy over trying to sell them a security package. Well, no, that was afterwards. So they, they had bought this other security package. Same, same scene, though. Like, they were transitioning going into the uh, no, kitchen. No, it wasn't. It was after. Because Rose had walked in the house, and the alarm went off because she said she had seen someone outside okay, that made her nervous. Right. And so she didn't turn off the alarm before she came and the, in. And the guy outside was the gardener. Right, yeah. But the dog's barking loudly. They all freak out a little bit. Ultimately, Sophia goes in there, and the girls freak out even more. Like, oh, no, surely she's dead now. <laughs> right. I mean, I would think that if you have a dog that you're afraid is going to tear one of your own <laughs> members of your household apart, then that kind of defeats the purpose of, uh, of having it for safety. Um, <laughs> and I did want to go back just a second because I, I did enjoy that uh, Rose described the man as a swarthy man with a weapon. Uh, <laughs> And that was Fernando, the gardener, <laughs> with a uh, pair of shears. Well, she also talks about how you know she had she was attacked by a dog when she was young, mm. and it was a you know, by a large dog. And then she mentions that's a cocker spaniel, and they're like, "That's not a large dog." And she's like, "It is when you're three. Right? Do you think it's odd that they have like Fernando, like they have a gardener? Well, I guess the thing is, I don't know if their house. I mean, obviously from the outside, it would appear to be you know a freestanding. Yeah. Um, house but it, it could certainly be part of like a condo community where maybe mm-hmm. fernando does you know it, it does the grounds for everybody because yeah i would think it seems yeah. would seem odd well it would seem like if fernando was their specific person yeah. that rose would definitely recognize you know yeah. someone it'd be like not recognizing your own you know maid or something yeah. of that nature so gotcha. so that was my thought is well maybe they have a they live in a community where the grounds are covered by the community. Gotcha. And so they wouldn't have as much of a relationship with Fernando <laughs> as they might. Yeah. Um, okay. So I like to think that Fernando and Coco were probably related. Exactly. And so, um, you know, he's still a connection that the community has to <laughs> old Coco. His hermano. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, anyway, moments later, <laughs> Sophia comes back out of the kitchen with a snack and saying, some attack dog. He uh, peed on. He hid under the table, peed on the floor, and then ran out the back door. So apparently, their back door was also open, um, or it had a doggy door. I don't know what the case is. The dog was able to yeah. get out, and I also noticed like what the hell kind of chips? The chips that she comes out with look like they're <laughs> in a cereal bag, like a clear plastic bag. And they're large too. They look like they're like half of an elephant ear. Right. I mean, I don't know where. Like these aren't even like. Like, are they the malto meal version of chips <laughs> to where they have no labeling on the bag? Like I said, it looked like the clear plastic bag you get out of the inside of a cereal box is what she's eating her chips out of. Yeah. Um, there's something about like her line delivery to me. It just sort of implied that she was the one who pissed on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just blaming it on the dog. <laughs> Well, you know, it's entirely possible. She's talked about her uh, incontinence <laughs> at different points throughout the series already. So, yeah. um, and we already know she pees the bed every night. So. Exactly. Right on time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. In the next scene, we uh, join Dorothy and Blanche in the living room. Uh, Blanche is laying on the couch, seems in distress. Mm-hmm. Dorothy's giving her kind of a pat down on the forehead with a t- uh, 
the wet towel. But uh, I watched it with my wife, and she noticed that the uh, bowl that she's getting, mm-hmm. kind of wringing out the wa- the uh, towel from, had like no water in it. <laughs> so it was all pantomime almost. Well, water's an expensive prop to have, Ski. <laughs> so. Well, maybe it's all been you know absorbed at this point. We'll just say that. Uh, it could be, or it could be that you know with whatever, especially trace if you're, amounts. Well, Blanche would you would think would have the most makeup of any of the ladies, and so you're definitely probably cautious to not get any moisture on that, or you're going to have to. <laughs> You know, stop production of the show. Well, that, and if she has enough powder and foundation on her face, maybe it soaked up all the moisture. Oh, that could be, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Multiple layers, Alan. Mm-hmm. Could be so many things. Uh, Dorothy's giving her towels for her head. Rose comes in, sets off the alarm by accident, uh, sees Blanche on the couch, and she says, have you been attacked? And she's like, well, kind of. And then she kind of explains that uh, she went down to the police station to check on the progress for her jewels mm-hmm. right being investigated right and how she had borrowed what she thought was rose's little miniature uh, hairspray so she mm-hmm. could touch up her hair when she's on the go uh because the humidity turns it into cotton candy right mm-hmm. and uh anyway it turns out it was not hairspray but mace right and so she basically just maced herself <laughs> and upon entering the police station and then they were going to attack her or not attack her but a uh, Arrest her because she they thought she was on angel dust or <laughs> something. Uh, and then uh, Dorothy was basically saying that uh, no more tear gas, no more mace, no nothing because she's going overboard. And she Rose reacts by saying, well, don't worry because I just bought a gun. <laughs> and then she shows like it looks like a little flowery gift bag almost. And she goes over to uh, another chair and is starting to take things out of. The bag, she takes like two rolls of yarn, <laughs> if I remember. Something. You never see the gun, but then she says, and you know, they say, you don't even know how to shoot a gun. And she says, well, no, no, the guy at the store showed me how. They've got a little shooting range downstairs, and you shoot at this little target. She pulls her out, hers out. It's supposed to be the, the classic, you know, shoot a, a man right. kind of figurine, and there are no holes in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's odd because she specifically says, you know, they had a firing range in the basement. Mm-hmm. And you cannot have a basement in Miami. Oh, can you not? Because right? of the water level or exactly. whatever? <laughs> so I'm not sure what sort of sketchy place she went to, but yeah. It was, well, maybe I mean, it's a bunker. I, I mean, it, you assume that if they went ahead, they're like, yeah, you'll be fine to go with this after she shot however many rounds without a single hit. Um, <laughs> you'll be it's, fine. Yeah, it's, it's not not the most reputable of uh, gun establishments. I mean, Don's guns, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> they did want to make money, folks. They didn't just love to sell guns. Yeah, Sophia kind of chimes at the end that, you know, there's nothing to fear but fear itself and the boogeyman. <laughs> in the fourth scene, uh, girls are kind of coming in from... Uh, Seeing a psychiatrist, uh, Blanche opens the door and, you know, is disarming the security alarm and seems very impressed that the psychiatrist was asking more and more about her specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, we later find out that uh, he has a specific concern for Blanche because of her uh, extreme uh, disciplinary actions. <laughs> she, saw, she keeps suggesting, I think she says, uh, beheading without trial. Right. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. So they disarm the uh, security system. They're asking about how the girls uh, kind of walk through and how they feel better about after seeing the, the psychiatrist. Sophia's still a little bit skeptical because she says, you know, they always blame the mother. Right. <laughs> and uh, Rose talks about how she is not feeling better. She's glad the other girls do, but she actually feels worse now because it was uh, she feels like the, seeing the psychiatrist was kind of her last, you know, chance to start feeling normal again. And it didn't really give her any uh, any help. But uh, she actually feels worse. And so she says she's going to head to bed because she's got to be up soon. And it's clearly daylight outside if you see the window. Right. And then the girls talk about how you know, there's a real problem now because, you know, a grown woman is going to bed in the middle of the afternoon so she can get up and stay up all night. And they make a comment that she uh, pours a big old pot of coffee and uh, just sits at the table with her gun. <laughs> Sounds like a good setup. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's that's the way that I like to spend an evening. You know, I send the kids off to bed, and then I go ahead and I, you know, <laughs> get my gun out and my coffee, and you know, I'm set for the evening. So. Just, just waiting, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Now, you did skip over a couple, I thought, enjoyable lines um, in that prior scene. You know, when they were talking about her going to therapy, 
uh, Sophia makes the comment of, you know, like, pay me $85 and I'll be understanding and make you a marble cake, which, <laughs> which I like that. And then, and then I enjoyed even more when Rose said that uh, in, uh, in my day, we didn't have therapy. We were too busy looking for food, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which I was wondering, like, in, in what day um, was anybody out looking for food prior to? Hunter gathering. Yeah, I know. That, like, that would have been. You know, hundreds of years in the past, not just. Well, Dorothy uh, even says to bring back to your cave. <laughs> right, yeah. So I, I thought that was a, a funny line. Um, well, it kind of closes. Sophia says, you know, it's better her sitting at the table as long as she doesn't pee on the floor. And let's also not forget that Rose's job is a grief counselor. <laughs> so she is, in <laughs> essence, a therapist. I mean, she may not be a you know, licensed medical <laughs> therapist, yeah. but what her job is is to you know to give therapy to people yeah. you know in times of crisis yeah. So. yeah she's meant to reassure them and tell them it's like oh it's not that bad <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um not to tell them to go out and get a hamburger um. <laughs> <laughs> or a handgun or right yeah The epitome of bad advice, as far as you're concerned. Well, no, because she said in her day they didn't need. Well, no, she said in her day they were didn't get therapy. They were too busy out looking for food. So she's like, "Hey, you don't need this therapy. Uh You need to go find yourself a meal (laughs) because you don't have time for this uh, this shoulder to cry on." Well, then you know, what if someone does have like you know they're going over some kind of like massive trauma in their life where they got broken into like. Oh, just go buy a gun. Right. That's yeah. the, <laughs> yeah. easy to get. Yeah, you got to get yourself a gun or a man, one or the other, <laughs> and you'll be safe again. <laughs> so, um, Those are pretty much for uh, reoccurring uh, themes there. Yeah, definitely. So we got to the point now yet where Blanche has walked in um, late at night after. Oh, that's day. right where we're at. Okay. Scene changes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're not the first commercial break. Right. <laughs> I'll bring some music next time so yeah. we'll go along with. But we open in a dark room, right? We mm-hmm. kind of hear uh, noise on the other side of what we assume is like the outline of the door. Sure. And uh, I'm not really sure why the entire house is dark at this point if Rose is staying up all night. Right. You would assume that there'd be parts of it that would be light that she wouldn't try to turn off the lights to then catch what she assumes might be a criminal. <laughs> Um, the lights would be a better deterrent, I would think. Yeah, I would think so, too. Especially if she knew that someone was literally on a date. Right. Potentially could be coming home. So, yeah, it, like I said, we hear someone coming in the door. Uh, door opens up. Alarm goes off. And almost as soon as the alarm starts, mm-hmm. Rose fires the gun in the dark at the general direction of the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, destroys Blanche's prized uh, Chinese vase. And, of course, she's terrified because she just got shot at. Blanche's unknown date. I don't know if we ever get his name, did we? Lester. Lester? Was mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he decides he's going to excuse himself at that point. Yeah. And uh, he departs. The girl's kind of like, what happened? You know, they all yeah. come out of their rooms. And, uh, you know, obviously Rose had destroyed the, the vase mm-hmm. by shooting off the gun at night. Mm-hmm. Blanche said that she'd rather she'd shot Lester. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. She did say that. Get out of here, you old fool. (laughs) I think Lester has a right to be kind of scared. Yeah, I mean, he almost literally got killed. And then Blanche said, I would have rather you shot him than... See, I would say in both cases, he has every right to go ahead and excuse himself from the situation. Exactly. Excuse himself from the situation. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> I must extricate myself forthwith. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really think that phrase is that hoity-toity of a phrase. <laughs> I don't think that's like the, oh, the sounds like the King of England has just joined the table. <laughs> that's because you didn't see it delivered by the man with the collar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the collar does add some weight to the to it. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, the listening audience can't see how uh, how sophisticated I look with this gray polo on. <laughs> but yeah, if they could, we'll just call they, it royal, right? <laughs> Everything Stay, I say carries stately. a little more weight right now because of it. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> I think Brent needs a moment. <laughs> Maybe he needs to excuse himself from the situation. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've heard since the pilot. <laughs> oh, Mr. Coco. <laughs> Um, so obviously Dorothy and Sophia come in. Uh, Sophia is actually relieved that uh, the, the, the the vase has been destroyed because she says she hated it. And then uh, they kind of go over there and they start kind of pick up the pieces. Blanche is obviously still upset that the thing is destroyed. I, she she focuses more on the vase than the fact that Rose fired the gun yeah. blankly in the dark, I think. Yeah, well, and I think the idea that you're going to glue it back together. I mean, mm-hmm. the thing, even if it was... I don't know if it could look halfway decent glued back together. It's still gonna be worthless. So <laughs> it just seems like you'd be better off to just go out and buy yeah. a new vase. I mean, yeah. it, it, a, a knockoff or whatnot. Mm-hmm. As but it seems like you know, best case scenario, there'd still be a bullet hole in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and there's gonna be some chips and cracks and whatnot. You're definitely not gonna get it back to its original splendor. Um, well, I didn't but, see anything. Any markings on the wall behind the vase? Yeah. So. You'd think the vase would not, you know, give enough of a uh, an impact to dis- deflect that bullet. Well, maybe maybe Rose's gun was packing some pretty weak ammo. Maybe. Um, maybe that's why the, the paper didn't have any holes in it. It could be. <laughs> it just bounced right off. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so, anyway. So, is this another police run? I mean, well, no one... Uh, should have been, right? I mean, I would think Lester should have gone ahead and called the police, but um, exactly. you know, he just uh, went ahead and cut out, so I'm mm-hmm. guessing I'm guessing that maybe they avoided a call to the police on this particular incident. Uh-huh. Well, like, when the alarm goes off, does that automatically trigger a police thing unless they... Well, not with the $600 one, Brent. With the $600, just sets off an alarm that your neighbors are going to ignore. Okay, and apparently they'll ignore <laughs> gunshots. Right, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, again, this may be a retirement community for all we know, um, you know, or condos of some sort. Maybe. So they may just not even hear it or, you know, they're all out at the Madonna concert. So. Exactly. <laughs> like, well, Dorothy's watching Matlock again. Yeah. <laughs> Sophia starts helping uh, Blanche kind of pick up the uh, giant shards of uh, the vase. And uh, while she's consoling her, she's kind of tucking a few of those uh, big pieces into a planter nearby. <laughs> so they're lost forever, I guess. Kind of cut scenes again, and then we're in a parking garage. Rose is walking alone, and it's very, very much the classic like woman alone scene in a parking garage or, or dark alley looking thing where she's alone and you hear footsteps behind her and big shadows. I think this is the first time they filmed on location. It was one of my favorite scenes, even though it was ridiculous in every way. Um, <laughs> the quality of the filming, I mean, it seemed like they used like the lowest quality camera that yeah. they could have for it. Okay. But for some reason, I just, uh, the unintentional comedy of it, um, I really <laughs> like enjoyed. VHS camcorder in a parking garage. Yeah, like found footage <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> type. <laughs> exactly. Well, and, and Rose appears to be giving it all she can, and yet... The man seems to be easily catching up with her. <laughs> like yeah. she's running, and he looks like he's walking at normal speed and yeah. catching up to her. Yeah. Um, right up until you know it, it goes, mm-hmm. you know, cuts out of that scene. Yeah. Did she not have her gun with her? Apparently not. I, that's why I thought sure I was going to go put six shots into him. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what I thought was going to happen next. Is that she was going to pull out her gun and the dude was going to be dead? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but uh, no, she gets followed by this guy, and it even goes on uh, a, st- a stairwell nearby. And, of course, it ends with uh, her turning around. The, the guy's up on top of her and then cuts the scene immediately. Uh, and then we join Dorothy and Sophia on the uh, on the lanai playing Scrabble. Sophia's uh, counting up the, the giant score number and uh, trying to use a, a made-up word that Dorothy kind of calls her out on. Dizdam, mm-hmm. right? Is that right? Yeah. Then she makes a... Uh, a pun on Dizdam, or you don't know how to play a Dizdam game, is that right? Yeah, like that's how she used it in a sentence, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and again, that was another thing that the criminals uh, supposedly, supposedly stole. Well, um, the, dictionary, the dictionary, right, yeah. yeah so. so they're not very good criminals. No, if, if indeed they did take that. A stole, old lady's clothing, and a dictionary at this point is what we uh, have <laughs> gathered. And, and supposedly up to this point, we still believe they've taken the jewels, so. Right. So do we really think that they took Sophia's clothes? No, no. I'm just okay. saying what they've been accused of stealing so far. <laughs> they would be a pretty motley crew of, um, of thieves. <laughs> so. Well, doesn't even Sophia who says, well, maybe I 
Maybe I barely buried the clothes. And I'm thinking, buried where? Yeah, like, <laughs> and at what point in time? Because what she came in, she grabbed them, immediately ran out to the lanai, <laughs> and started digging the hole. Is, I'm wondering, does that mean buried underneath something else, or oh. like buried in clothes? If she buried in the ground, she was perfectly clean when she came out of her room. Yeah. Which does her room have? An exit to the outside? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. I don't believe it has, uh, you know. So maybe she buried him before and she was just using this as a good excuse. Yeah, she may be the one who staged the entire thing. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I think we stumbled on it. Or maybe she was using that dessert spoon to tunnel her way out. <laughs> <laughs> she buried him on the way. It could be. There you go. Stay tuned next, next, <laughs> next episode, folks. Dessert spoon will make a reappearance. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so they kind of have the conversation about uh, the fake word. And then uh, Blanche comes in and she says, hey, they caught him. They caught him. They found your stole. Uh, gives it back to Dorothy. And they say, well, what about your jewel? Or, and she says, oh, but not my jewels. Right? right. Rose comes in also and she's talking about how, you know, she feels happy because she was able to protect herself. And this, you know, harrowing event that happened earlier at the, uh, the parking garage. Did she really protect herself, though? Well, apparently, maybe she just felt good because she stood up for what she perceived as, a, as, as opposed a to folding, you know. Um, is she, like, stood up for herself by being easily chased down? Well, yeah, but, but <laughs> she, did a, she did knee him right in his safe deposit box. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's so. right. And then she talks about how he was on the ground writhing and, and groaning. Yeah, right. Well, and that did, uh, he, did she refer to it as a safety deposit box? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, that's gonna be my favorite line of the episode. I totally missed that. <laughs> yeah, that was definitely up there for me. But um, yeah, so apparently she. You know, <laughs> like the fact that it's a parking garage attendant. <laughs> right. <laughs> she refers to it as safety deposit box, <laughs> as opposed to like his change dispenser. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, back then I'm sure they would have had the little uh, yeah. the little coin thing right on his belt. Exactly. Um, but I'm sorry. Sorry. Right. Yeah, but I mean, it is funny that that's how Rose got her groove back <laughs> was by beating up a man that had no malice towards her. Yeah, of trying to. Well, and then she says she no felt good, good because punished. Say right. what? No good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> well, once again, the law may be involved yet again because she <laughs> is afraid he may press charges for her assault. Yeah, Dorothy asks, so what's the next step? You press charges? Like, well, no, but he might press charges. Uh, right. And she said that uh, she basically gave a, an account that she felt safe after she was looking down on this beaten man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then <laughs> uh, we uh, basically come to... Uh, Blanche is going to get some champagne, I think it was, right? Right. And and Dorothy says, oh, no, we don't have any that are on, that's on ice. I don't know if it's in the fridge. And she says, I'll get it out of the freezer. It'll be ready in a few minutes. Right. And then she comes back in, and she's like, I found them. I found them. My jewels. So apparently she had hidden her jewels in there. And even though she took all the time to check it in the flower, she never checked her second hiding place. Yeah, that, that was uh, the dumbest <laughs> part of the episode. Because <laughs> she literally, early in the episode, mentions the freezer as her other hiding spot. Mm -hmm. And then never in whatever amount of time passed, decided, yeah. well, I should check my backup spot to yeah. see if there's anything left in there. I guess just assuming that, oh, well, Dorothy said they checked there also, so I guess yeah. I'm SOL. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was... Uh, so the final tally was just the mink stole? Yeah, just the mink stole as far as that's, we know. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at, yeah, because essentially nothing else was I mean, proven really, to be stolen. They really tore that house apart for literally taking <laughs> one item as far as we can tell. Yeah. So at least one item that they thought was worth mentioning. <laughs> so... And then it kind of wraps so you that think up. There were some unmentionables taken as well. I, I mean, I, in all honesty, I'd have more respect for them if that was the case. <laughs> yeah. If I was like, well, they were pervs. They like to have the uh, you know underwear of a, an older set. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so Sophia's bikini briefs. Right. And so they just went in there like, well, we can't some just old, have a look like some this. Some old we, lady vibrators. Like, right. So <laughs> we'll take the stole and toss the house so that it looks like we were here looking for other things. And you know, I can appreciate. Maybe they did find to, some uh, spare cash in those. Uh, 
cushions. They could be. Yeah, they just <laughs> found like a dollar seventy-five in quarters and <laughs> like and the store jackpot. <laughs> We're gonna get a half a pizza. Mm-hmm. Half a pizza, <laughs> like half a slice. I mean, I realize it's <laughs> sure, eighty-five, yeah. but. I think the amount yeah, I throw is those or something, you know. Sure. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, it was a small crew. Um, so, so yeah. So at that point, that was the end of it, though, right? When yeah. she comes in and mentions that she found her jewels, which I thought was it something where they thought, well, at some point we may need Blanche to wear her mother's jewels, so we better, you know, bring that to a close, <laughs> so that yeah. you know we don't end up, uh, you know, in a tricky situation continuity-wise down the road. Well, I think they just want to make the girls whole again. Oh, okay. You know, they just want to reset the status quo. Oh, well, enough. yeah, that's the one thing that Blanche throughout the entire episode was like complaining about the jewels. Even though other things were happening, everything seemed to center around the jewels for her. And so at the end, it turns out it was all her fault to begin with. Yeah. Now, I enjoyed in this episode, which, I mean, I guess we can get into the, the ratings and whatnot, but just an overall thing I, I actually kind of enjoyed that there was only an a story in this episode you know in the next episode we'll talk about a little bit their a and b stories but um but in this one it was literally just the one you know i mean granted there were different aspects of the story but there wasn't any dual yeah, you know yeah. stories going on which you know in a 22 minute episode 23 minutes yeah. whatever it is i think it's definitely tends to lend itself to a better story overall if you mm-hmm. keep it all focused on one yeah. one story so but uh, what was your so like I said I think my favorite line of the episode uh, was uh, you know how many junkies have gas and hot flashes <laughs> um, what did you have a particular line that stood out as your favorite you know I was trying to figure out what I thought was the best line I don't know I guess uh, I kind of laughed a lot and I mean, it wasn't even very funny but for whatever reason I laughed during the episode when uh, uh, Sophia said that you only have fear or nothing to fear but fear itself and the boogeyman. Mm. Not sure why that tickled me at the time, but uh-huh, so I'll just, I'll say that was my favorite. All right, and Brent has already uh, has already mm-hmm. declared his as being a need him right in his safe deposit box as his <laughs> favorite line, which was one he didn't even remember from the episode exactly. itself. Uh, that kind of goes in with keeping um, with uh, some of Brent's traditions, we'll say on on his selections. So. Uh, MVP of the episode. Do you have uh, someone who stood out for you? I, I like Dorothy because she was the one that actually kind of kept it together through the entire thing. Mm-hmm. And did anybody stand out for you, or who was your MVP? You have to pick somebody. I, I think you were. Oh, I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in the collar, Alan. Yeah. Well, so if you're picking me, then it just doubles whatever whoever I vote for. Okay. <laughs> but I guess I'll cast my vote for Lester. Lester, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, Cut and run. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I figured you knew he was going to get out of there quick. He just didn't think it was. Gonna well, be that she quick. still had the gun. I mean, he, she could have started firing again. That's true. Yeah. Well, I figured you were going to choose either Lester or the parking lot attendant. <laughs> <laughs> we never even see his face, right do we? Right now, yeah. we just kind of see sh- the shadowy figures. <laughs> I went with Lester because I lost respect for the parking lot attendant mm. when I found out he had a safety deposit box instead of a vault. Uh. <laughs> the favorite could be the uh, shystery uh, security salesman. Um, yeah. Or maybe the swarthy uh, <laughs> man with a weapon, yeah. Uh, so, all right, so, so Brent's... Uh, Vote once again goes for not with Lester. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm going to go with uh, this is a tough one. I didn't feel like I particularly. It's funny because I say I like that it was all one A story and no secondary story, but I still didn't feel like it was super strong overall, and nobody really stood out. So I guess in the interest of uh, choosing, I guess I would go with Dorothy also as as what I thought was the MVP of the episode. But it was an episode where. On the good side, everybody participated fully in the episode. Mm-hmm. On the bad side, I don't feel like there was anybody who really stood yeah, out. Yeah, really stood out with like great one-liners. Um, I mean, I guess my favorite line is from Dorothy. So, uh, so yeah, giving her the MVP for for me would would be fitting. Um, and with that, I'll go ahead and I'll say my rating for this episode. I thought it was enjoyable, but not great. And I'm going to go with a four for this episode. I was going to say four as well, actually. Okay. Brent, where would you come down on this one out of yeah. your eight slices? Oh, probably an homage to Dorothy. I'll go with a, you know, 0. 0.357. 0. 0.35. Wow. So you really <laughs> dislike this episode. No, I mean, I, or. 0. 0.357 on an eight point scale? It's not even a one. <laughs> yeah. I put the decimal in the wrong spot. 357, 3.57. Oh, okay. 3.57. After the oh, magnum. The magnum, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Um, well, I, I would say that, uh, you yeah, know, that, that seems fitting. Obviously, this one I don't think is going to be competing 
at the end. I mean, it's going to be difficult to compete with uh, episode one because of skis. <laughs> a wild, wild review of that one. But uh, Look now, I told you I could give that a different rating. No, no, it's already too late. We'll it's already to, etched in stone, huh? Exactly. So uh, without further ado, uh, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Sophia's Choice PC. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. <laughs>